The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey everybody, welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me on this Wednesday. Warm today. It'll rain a little bit today, but uh, much warmer and better than it has been the last couple of days. So nice to see that anyway. Hey, coming up on today's program, uh, if you've ever spent any time following politics in the city of Detroit, you have no doubt witnessed what is uh, really a ritual for anybody that wants to truly experience politics, and that would be a public meeting. Of any type, whether it's a school board meeting, whether it's a city council meeting, whether it is a meeting of the Charter Commission, all of them have the potential for fireworks. All of them have a potential to sort of go off the rails at times, but typically, typically things still get done at these meetings. However, if you read Deadline Detroit today, DeadlineDetroit.com, you saw a story by my guest, Violet Ikonomova, who, of course, is taking a look at the Charter Commission and the fact that they have had several meetings and so far have yet to get anything done. These meetings have been uh, beset by yelling and arguing and heckling from the crowd and police presence and basically no agreement on how to even proceed, let alone where to begin digging into the Charter. And so to give you a sense as to how dysfunctional this is, Compared to last time that we did this, which was only back in 2012, they had already started working on revisions to the charter at this point in time. They have yet to even agree on how these meetings should be structured, let alone digging into the charter. They have a time limit, three-year time limit that they're going to be working with. But here, joining me right now, of course, is the aforementioned Violet to tell us a little bit more about it. And Violet, they can't agree on anything at this point, can they? They, they, have, they haven't even hired anybody. They're supposed to have outside staff to help them in their job. All of that is still being worked out, and that's way further behind than the, their predecessor commission was at this point 10 years ago. Well, and, and again, what we know about the people on the commission, and we'll, we'll talk about them just a little bit, is that you know, none of them have really talked openly about what parts of the charter they don't like or would like to change. In fact, many of them said, I'm not going to give you an answer until the people talk about what's happening. But we can't even get to that point yet because, again, they're so disorganized at the top right now that discussions on what's in the charter haven't even begun. Right. So really the only people who have been very vocal about what they want to see done is the activist community. So there are three folks from the activist community on this commission. And they are looking at this as an opportunity to gut a bunch of the things that they don't like in Detroit. Like, for instance, city council used to set water rates, right? It doesn't anymore. We're in a strong mayor form of government. They That, that could theoretically help put an end to water shutoffs. That's one of their goals. Um, we have a community benefits agreement on the books in Detroit that is very weak, uh, that doesn't actually make any of these agreements with big developers bind of the benefits they're going to give a community, uh, they want to write that into the charter. So they have a lot of lofty goals, but they're in the minority. And these are the only folks we've seen be vocal about things. The the majority, however, we looked back at some candidate questionnaires from back when they were running. They had really odd issues. It seemed like one of them had maybe no idea what the purpose of a charter was because her issue with the charter was that, and, and bear with me now because it's a little in the weeds, but her issue was that 
When you come to vote for whether or not the charter should be revised, that's the same day you're supposed to vote for candidates in the primary to go on to the general election. That was her main issue about the charter. The charter is Detroit's constitution, more or less, right? It, it, it maps out city government. So to me, that read like some folks just want to be on this thing for the sake of being on it. It's not a paid position, but there's a lot of private sector folks who perhaps have an eye on uh, you know, getting into the public sector or elect want want to hold some kind of elective office. Now they're in there, and this majority faction was bankrolled by the Detroit Regional Chamber. So it's a little bit dangerous, from my perspective. You have some people who it's not clear what they want. We do know the money behind them, and so the the folks that are acting out are this minority group who really don't want to see any power taken away from citizens through this process. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, the last time the charter was revised, again, this was happened in 2012. This wasn't that long ago, and right. some pretty significant changes to governance in the city were enacted as part of that charter revision. Uh, council by district, of course, was is the one that most people are probably familiar with mm-hmm. in that. Uh, the installation of an inspector general's office was also another thing that came out of there. So these are not insignificant changes to mm-hmm. to this charter. Uh, you know, and when you talk to citizens, you get a sense that many of them were just like, well, hey, why not? It's a sort of like throwing a monkey wrench into the system. Right. Let's, let's do this again. Uh, we've not really had a whole lot of experience with the current charter to know whether or not exactly. it is something that works yes. well or doesn't. Right. We Detroit was under emergency management, and then it went through bankruptcy. A lot of people have argued. I mean, there, there, there was like a very strong... 20, Clearly not 2014 that sometimes when it actually really when we actually started using this. Yeah. And so we have only had like five or so years even with this charter. We that 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 was one of the arguments put forward by a group that was leading a no on proposal R campaign. The vote interestingly enough only passed by 184 votes. So the proposal oh, it was a very razor thin margin there had to be a recount. That's how unclear it was, like, whether people wanted this or didn't want this. And it, it almost seems like it happened by a fluke. Well, and I, it's interesting, too, that, you know, you actually had the People's Platform, which is a very activist organization yes. that was advocating for people to vote against this because yeah. they were worried that the balance of power could be shifted even more against people if indeed this went. But now that it's open, OK, they're going to jump in whole hog, obviously, is what they want to do. But they have not been able to do this yet uh, because, again, of this chaos. We have police uh, that are showing up at meetings. I, I mean, you know, Detroit has a long history of crazy meetings. It's, it's right. not unusual, and anybody that's been to a public meeting in Detroit or covered them as long as you and I have uh, has seen this. Uh, but it seems that uh, the guy—I guess—the gulf between the people who are actually in the audience and the people who are up there on the stage is really, really wide right now, and, mm-hmm. and for no real good reason other than they're somewhat incompetent well i think what it is there's just it's a lot of tension it's a lot of fear so among this activist community i mean they're looking at this and they see every some of some of the issues these are all administrative issues that are being yelled about so like meeting one started off with a huge spat over bylaws right so like the chair of the commission so the bylaws are the rules under which this board will function and the chair of the commission had solicited input from the city law department over the bylaws that might make sense to some, but to the activists on the board, they were like, hell no, she's in Duggan's pocket, blah, blah, blah. So, like, there, there's just, it, it's all based around fear. However, some would argue that 
the head of the commission, is not doing anything to quell these fears. She's been accused of Open Meetings, Open Meetings Act violations numerous times. She's not posting meeting locations on time. She's not disseminating information to everybody on the board here and there. Like some people missed emails. So she could be doing a better job in light of all this. She's never managed something like this. This is her first time as a chair. This is most of these people's first time holding an elective position. All of them, I believe. Yeah. Um, whereas last time, the commission was way more functional. You had Rosemary Robinson, who was a longtime state rep. You had um, you had Reggie Reg Davis, who was a longtime state rep, longtime uh, county commissioner. So you had people with experience last time. This time, you have the activist community and some people who may not know how to lead. And then of this majority faction, a lot of them just kind of sit there with their arms crossed, like kind of rolling their eyes, like unsure of what to do. It's, it's really incredible to watch. I would suggest watching the meeting. <laughs> but but beyond all this, then the crowd is like very like the folks who go to charter commission yes. meetings where admin issues are fleshed out are highly engaged citizens. So their reaction is also uh, but adding to the chaos. Y- you talk a lot in this story that, that is on Deadline Detroit, by the way, so check out DeadlineDetroit.com to see Violet's story on this. But you talk about the distrust that exists amongst the members on the actual commission itself. Um, Joanna Underwood is somebody that you talked about, one of the commissioners mm-hmm. there. She said, quote, our board has been completely compromised by city <laughs> officials like Doug and telling them what to do and telling them what to put through. Mm-hmm. So, and and you, she bases this on the fact that uh, uh, Ms. Weaver, who of course is the chair, was seen talking to a Doug administration well, official. No, no, that's not, that's not the only reason why. So every time we have a meeting, we're just trying to stop the process. So they're just trying to stop the process. Right. There is a time limit, is there not? Yes. So there is a three-year time limit. Um, I will. I will just quickly note that. Some folks in this majority faction are either dug and aligned or like work for, uh, you know, strategic staffing solutions or Gilbert. So like it's it is like a corporate, you know, I'm not sure anyway. that the business community would want representation on, on a governance document. Right. I mean, right. You know, of course. It, yeah. But and it's, it's not official. They have more influence but, than the people of Detroit right now. But the, the, the thing I will say, yes, they were elected. Yes. yes. Um, but the thing I will say is that I, I do want to say something from the mayor's perspective, though. They, they've said that they supported no specific candidates. They didn't even advocate specifically for the charter to be reopened or not. I don't reopened. think anybody really wanted it to. You're starting yeah. to learn how to use it. It right. seems to be working pretty right. well for the mayor. I, I, he right. hasn't had a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. So but at any rate, um, we were talking about their time limit. So they have three years to finish this. So now we are once we're almost one sixth of the way in and nothing has been accomplished. So. Uh, the fear is that they will not be able to overcome their differences at any point. I mean, last meeting, we didn't go into it in full detail, but it was a total derailment uh, for, for over an hour. I would say perhaps an hour and a half of this three-hour long circus uh, was just a complete collapse. No, the board members, the commission members not saying anything other than just screaming at each other. Um, you know, the commissioner ignoring everything, not being able to call order, and then the crowd just yelling. And it was got so bad that 10 cops more than 10 cops over a dozen cops had to be had to walked in and like create a a wall wall between the actual commissioners even though there was nothing there were no grapes being thrown that we're aware of well and that was the that's another so the the minority faction is like very mad that cops were even called because they're they're seeing this they're like the the these are detroiters they're not threatening us there was never any type of threat involved the cops did not calm things down at any rate 
to give our listeners a sense of like what a breakdown this was. And so it's not even clear how they bounce back from this. Now they've now they've decided to have a special meeting of the same people on the commission to discuss how to get along. They can't even agree what the point of this meeting is, right? So the, the chair the chair has been called on to step down by this minority faction and some citizens, and she won't. And so the vice chair, so these, these are the two leaders of the two factions. The vice chair has said, oh, this meeting is about discussing uh, Carol Weaver's failed leadership. They can't even agree what the meeting, what the special meeting to get along is about. And then on top of it all, the special meeting got postponed at one day after it was called by the chair to give another give a little more evidence of how she has issues like navigating all of this. She postponed it the next day. She's waiting for legal guidance from the city law department. Another thing that's going to inflame tensions, waiting for legal guidance from the city law department about how to conduct a safe meeting, a meeting that ensures everyone's safety, which is already, which already inflames the minority faction because they're like, are you scared of Detroiters? Okay. Interestingly <laughs> enough, though, I mean, a lot of the people that are showing up for these meetings, and, and you point this out, there's a ton of frustration among city residents over, over a lot of different issues, whether mm-hmm. it is, again, water shutoffs, uh, changes to the school uh, school governance system, which mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to do with the city charter, by the way. Right, yeah. I mean, a lot of these issues are not something that can be solved with a rewrite of the charter. Of course. And maybe perhaps some of this anger is, is you know, it's, it's sort of misplaced at these meetings uh, because this is not the form uh, in which to get these things addressed. But – Reopening the charter, I think a lot of people have outsized expectations as to what it might actually do. Right. Well, like I said, the minority, the leader of the minority faction has a lot of lofty goals. She is in the minority at the end of the day. Um, last time there was a minority that really wanted to level the playing field in our government structure. Right now we have a strong mayor form of government. They really wanted to elevate council. They were a minority as well then. Uh, they, they managed to get little incremental gains, right? So like we got an inspector general out of that position that will lead to more government oversight. We made the Detroit Board of Police Commissioners uh, mostly elected positions, as whereas previously sure. they'd all been appointed. So the argument of those folks from the minority back then is you're going to lose anyway. You need to figure out how to work within the larger group to get some incremental things passed. I'm wondering if, indeed, you know, sort of the example that they're setting is the kind of thing that's going to turn people off from getting engaged in city <laughs> government. I, you know, because you go to a meeting like this as a reporter, you know, I, this started way back for me, back in the old days of the school board and, and you know, some of those things that were going on back in the 90s. And it was just ridiculous. And, you know, you're sitting there seeing a complete breakdown of any sort of uh, any sort of decent behavior in these situations and people getting hauled out by the police. And I could see this type of a situation starting to starting to foster itself again if indeed they don't get a handle on this process pretty darn quickly and have some sort of order. It's not going to be from the cops. It's going to be from the people sitting at that table up front establishing some form of authority and suggesting that maybe they know what the hell they're doing. Right. Um, What I'm most interested in, my burning question, is what do the executives from strategic staffing and uh, Gilbertville feel? Like, they're sitting there with their arms crossed, just mute. Like, this is their first encounter with this. These are young women. Every meeting's been like this. Yes. And and I just wonder how they feel about governance now. My my next thing is I need to reach out to them and see if they will uh, concede to an interview. Well, I think we, you know, I'm more than happy to help you see if I can't uh, make that happen, too, (laughs) because I would like to hear from them as well. I mean, I don't think anybody can be proud of the way that this has gone down yet. Right. Um, And again, uh, everything from even hiring staff, they need people to actually, you know, start 
cobbling together some sort of an agenda. Right. right. And I mean, this, this was what the last breakdown was over, that they're, they're trying to pay their first two staffers $110,000 each, which is where the salaries maxed out. The, the salaries range from sixty five k to one hundred ten k, And like the average Detroiter, I mean, you have to think of this minority faction. These are average Detroiters who are activists. They're probably not making a lot of money. They're not on the level of Carol Weaver, a former DPS executive. They're not on the level of a strategic staffing executive, a lawyer, a, a, a Gilbert executive. That is a lot of money to them. The average household in Detroit runs off of $26,000 a year. Now you're talking about giving one person $110,000. All of the commissioners are only paid by a $100 stipend. So anyway, that that all of that led to the breakdown of the last meeting. But so but just also, to give also a sense of the issues. But also what led to it is the fact that, you know, maybe this was done without the knowledge right. of everybody on right, that, that board too. or their yeah. input. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a basic minimum step. Everybody's going to be on the same page about what it is you're trying to accomplish. Right. And so that was another slight on um, Weaver is that she negotiated the salaries with herself and just one other commissioner present. So it's it, – so while you can just chalk it up to, oh, everyone's bickering. These are – this is bickering over admin issues. Really, you just have – I'm – you have a very vigilant minority there, and they're not going to let stuff like this slide. So, Well, interestingly enough, though, Reggie Reg, who uh, you had a chance to talk to for this story, I mm-hmm. used to, in full disclosure, I used to work with him on a lot of projects when he was with the Department of Neighborhoods at the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says they should shut this down. Mm-hmm. He says this process, <laughs> just start, shut it down and, and, and try again in a few years. Um, I'm not sure that that's allowed under right. what was passed by by the voters, but... Uh, how can they? Is there any way that they could sort of push the reset button here? Uh, no. I asked him. I was like, it, it's it's hard to. No. He he basically said no. He's like, even if council gave them a vote of no confidence, the charter. So Reggie Reg was on the previous charter commission. So even if council gave them a vote of no confidence, that doesn't do anything. That's what he recommended. But. He said that the commissioners could all agree to dissolve this. If they all walked away from it, he said that this could just end. The worst case scenario here is this this board is going to all of these activities are going to be paid for with like one point five million dollars, roughly or more. So like their first fiscal year is funded by six hundred fifty thousand dollars. So the worst case scenario is that they'll just be wasting money and then the charter will just revert the charter will just be left as is. We're a sixth of the way through that. That might be too much. That might be too much of a prognostication. But in the meantime, if you are a citizen and you are interested in your democracy, and you also like a bit of uh, oh, I don't know, Maury Povich's program, <laughs> head on down to the Charter Commission meetings right now because <laughs> you'll see people yelling at each other. You'll see heckling from the crowd as well, and you might even see Steve Wilkos, the giant bouncer, in the form of a police officer just in case they need to keep the peace. <laughs> it certainly does seem like television viewing here for the afternoon set. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not necessarily a good reflection on what's going on in the city of Detroit, but uh, it is not entirely unfamiliar either. Mm-hmm. Violet, we appreciate the work you did on this, and we know you'll be following it. Thank you very much, Craig. Violet Ekonomova joining me here on the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Again, you can find that story at DeadlineDetroit.com. Don't forget, coming up on Friday, we will have The Week That Was with Alan Langle and Nancy Derringer from Deadline. That's always a lot of fun. On Monday, we will do the Monday Follies, working on guests for that. But I have a feeling uh, there's going to be plenty to talk about. If you've been watching the Bill Barr hearings today, 
I know that there's a little bit to talk about there, so we'll get into that and a lot more. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. If you download it every day, subscribe to it. It makes it easier. You don't have to think about it. It'll just be there waiting for you, and you'll have your 20 to 30 minutes of uh, Craig Folly happiness, hopefully, each and every day. Tell your friends about it. Any word you can give me, any help you can give me in terms of spreading the word is great. The numbers are growing, which we'd love to see, but we'd love to make it go a little bit faster. Anyway, thanks so much for being with me today. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great one. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news.